Welcome to the Profitable Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Reza Huda, practice owner, coach, and mentor to accounting firm owners. In this podcast, I share practical strategies to get new clients, charge higher prices, and build a profitable accounting firm that you're proud of. From time to time, I also interview other accountants doing incredible things so you can learn what's working and take tangible takeaways to implement. Make sure you press the follow button on your podcast player so you get notified when I release a new episode. Now, on to today's session. Hello, hello. I hope you're well. I've had a good start to the day. So today we're going to be talking about offshoring and outsourcing. And this has become a hot topic in recent years. In fact, at the PAC members live event, we had a dedicated session just on people and offshoring and outsourcing was a large part of that when looking at how different firms were operated in terms of their makeup of people and more and more firms nowadays are using outsourcing or offshoring to uh, essentially (coughs) manage their operations throughout the firm. Now that's not surprising because it is difficult in the the UK certainly to uh, find talent, to attract talent has been notoriously difficult. So when I speak to accounting firm owners it is the number one challenge that I hear from most accounting firm owners is that we can't find good people and the ones that are finding good people then they struggle to retain them. That challenge closely followed by the winning new clients one as well. So if you are listening to this you might be thinking the same. You may have already dived into using outsourcing. Maybe it's working out for you. Maybe it isn't. You might be using offshoring and it's working for you and maybe it isn't. So in this short podcast episode I'm going to talk you through the two options, talk you through my personal experiences of using both outsourcing and offshoring, how what we're doing currently and the stories and experience that I'm hearing from others and to give you some ideas in terms of how you can pursue things going forward. So first, let's do some definitions. What's outsourcing? What's offshoring? Sometimes they use interchangeably, but actually they're quite different things. So outsourcing is when you engage an outsourcing outfit, normally a company based overseas in places like India, Pakistan, Philippines, to outsource some of your work to. So generally that's done on a a project on a client by client on a work basis. So for example, I outsource, you know, our accounts prep work, our year-end preps work to a company. We give them work to do and they will do that work and they will they will come back to us for final review. So we can do that. You can outsource our pay, uh, our year-end accounts, which we have done in the past. We can outsource our payroll, for example. That can be done. Many firms do that because they don't have the internal expertise in-house to do payroll so they outsource the payroll and that can be done under a white label service in fact that's often done by operators in the uk who operate payroll bureaus for accountants and that's something i see quite often in terms of practices who don't have that payroll expertise in-house to outsource it to a payroll bureau that specializes in working with accountants often on a white label service so the client is none the wiser they feel and they see that they're getting a service from your business but actually it's white labeled under somebody else's so that's generally how outsourcing works we did do we have done outsourcing in various guises over the years um at present we're not doing much of it because we've moved to offshoring but in the past we have used uh, india for outsourcing purposes and pakistan and i've got you know different uh, had different experiences mixed experiences of each jurisdiction 
the latter one we used was a a firm based in the UK, but they had uh, an offshoring, uh, sorry, an outsourcing unit, a team in Pakistan who were supporting their UK firm, and they then uh, started to offer the same service to other accounting firms. So that was a firm that we worked with and the model we used there was we would give them year accounts to do year-end accounts to do and uh, they would then do those accounts so they would use the same software that you, we use in the UK tax calc they would complete the working papers and they would send us the final accounts for review so that certainly helped when we had a say a backlog of accounts or even uh, if we you know wanted to uh, maximize the people that we have in the UK on uh, client stuff, on client relationship. The year-end accounts, in my opinion, is not really a valuable service. Clients don't really care too much about year-end accounts because, let's face it, if they didn't have to do them, they wouldn't do them because, you know, who cares what happened nine months ago? Clients want to know the here and now. So my view is that I want my people to be focused on actually managing the client relationship here, being there for the client, being... Uh, being proactive, having those conversations, managing the client relationship, even you know, in doing the bookkeeping here in the UK, because that offers us additional touch points. So I don't want to outsource or offshore the bookkeeping because those give us excuses, in fact, to have additional touch points with our clients. It certainly helps to build up the experience and also the client contact and relationship for some of our junior members who are doing the bookkeeping work in the office. So outsourcing we did with year-end accounts and it worked reasonably well. We then had the capacity in-house, so we brought it back in-house. But we know that we have somebody that we can throw year-end accounts to when we need to when we get too busy and we can then just on a kind of uh, on a piecemeal basis which works out quite well throw year-end accounts at them we know they do them reasonably well we've got used to their system they know our systems so that works quite well so that's outsourcing and what I uh, actually there was a bad experience we had with outsourcing I remember probably about six years ago now uh, or a little bit longer possibly we had a we're taken on a client they were in Sage and we were managing their migration to zero and we made a catastrophic mistake of giving it to a firm in India to migrate everything across to us. And what a mess they made. Um, it was a complete shambles. And we kept hearing that it was my idea. So I kind of got it in the neck from my team who um, weren't uh, comfortable with it at the beginning. But I said, oh, no, we need to tap into this. We need to develop our uh, outsourcing partners. We need to develop these relationships because in the long run, it's going to be really good for us. And we certainly paid the price because maybe we were unlucky with the partner that we chose. Um, but we got false promises and it went on and on. And eventually we had to take it in-house and we actually suffered um, you know, a loss in the uh, client's trust on that particular project because we were saying that yeah, it's going to be ready, it's going to be ready. It was never ready because we were getting uh, false promises across from uh, the outsourcing partner that we'd chosen to use in India. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, uh, in my experience, it works really well. Outsourcing works really well for things like payroll or things like uh, year-end accounts where, you know, it's all done uh, on a white label basis or kind of, a, it's more of a kind of an internal uh, use of additional capacity. So where you, you need that uh, extra help for year-end accounts, you can turn it on and you can turn it off. And it works fine because they don't really have any client contact. Let's now talk about offshoring. So offshoring is where you actually engage a, an employee, a team member who happens to sit offshore. 
so away from your shores. That could be somebody based in India, Pakistan, or Philippines. Now, offshoring is when is is like that member, that that employee being part of your team. So you direct that person. They're essentially ju- working for you and just you. So just like you would onboard a team member in the UK, you onboard an offshore team member. They are part of your team. You give them work. They do what you do. They you're on. They're under your direct supervision and control. Now you can do this one of two ways. You can either go directly, so you can recruit directly from places like India, Philippines, or Pakistan, or South Africa even, or you can go again via an agency who will then recruit an individual for you and say, right, you have access to this individual. They are yours. You train them. They, you know, they'll have got a certain level of experience, but it's up to you to train them on your systems, give them work, direct them, control them, and then make themselves available to you during your working hours. So my, and this model works really well. It has worked really well, for, certainly for many firms that I've worked with, and we have personal experience of this too. The beauty about this model, I find, is that you have complete control over that person, meaning that you can train them to how you please, and they are at your beck and call, just like your team members and employees would be here in the UK or US or wherever you are based. So in terms of uh, how we found our offshore uh, individuals, I went through a site, which I think I mentioned before, called onlinejobs.ph. That's onlinejobs.ph, which is essentially a recruitment board for uh, for people in the Philippines. And it's a great way of finding talent directly cutting out the middleman. Now, there is a fee for being able to post a job on the website, to find somebody on the website, but it's uh, next to nothing when compared to normal recruitment fees or going through an intermediary. So I believe a one-month membership is $69 per month. And of course, once you found somebody, then you don't have to carry on the subscription. You can just cancel your subscription. So essentially, for $70 a month or just $70 and you're going to find somebody within a month, we certainly did, you'll be inundated with applications when you do post a job. So I recommend and you be very specific in your job description and also here's a tip for you put something in the job description that uh, makes that, that tells them to put something you know um, obscure in the title of the email when they send you their application and what that will do is sift out those people who haven't read your job description and have just gone through and applied for every single job that just appears on the site so that's a good way of uh, you know um, being able to cut through and filter out the dozens of applications that you will definitely get when you post a job on online.jobs.ph that said the caliber and quality of the candidates that we received was very good was a really high standard i was i was pleasantly surprised at the at the level of, of experience that people had and the reason being is that philippines has been a a source or a pool of talent for certainly for lots of australian firms who have been offshoring to Australia for a number of years now, and also US firms. So you'll find that many of the accountants, drug bookkeepers in the Philippines are actually qualified with the uh, the Australian or the American qualifications, the CPA qualification, for example. Um, very few are under the ACCA or the UK-based qualifications. That said, what I found is that they've got a really good grounding in bookkeeping. So many of them, because they work for Australian or American clients, they've got uh, experience of using QuickBooks, of using Zero, of using Dext. So we have actually 
recruited bookkeepers out out there from the Philippines. They're actually accountants, but they've you know they're qualified accountants, but they've got lots of experience in in bookkeeping. So we hired somebody probably about a year ago now, and that's turned out really well. And we're about to make our second hire. And to give you an idea of the the cost of hiring somebody in the Philippines, and this will probably surprise you, probably pleasantly surprise you, uh, and shock you potentially, because it is a great value for money. And it's not to say we are, you know, exploiting it anyway, because at these salaries, this is their, you know, for them in terms of their cost of living and what they can get, and compared to the salaries that they're getting for other jobs that they may be in, is at the top end. So we, for example, you can get somebody out there with, you know, ten years plus experience for less than £10,000 a year, which is an absolute bargain. So we hired somebody about a year ago. We're just about to take on somebody else. And the beauty of that is once you get in with one person, then they can assist you with onboarding of the next person. And uh, in fact, not just onboarding, but can help you recruit. So we um, we onboarded um, uh, the, our first offshore hire for about a year. And then she then helped us and just asked her and said, do you know anybody else that uh, uh, might be looking for a role similar to yours? And she went out and she's got a network because she had worked in uh, Australian um, outsourcing firms before out there. And she managed to recommend somebody to us that she'd worked with before. And now we're going to take her on. So once you make a good first successful hire, then the second, third and fourth should be very easy. But it's certainly I highly recommend that you do. Certainly if you're looking for somebody to help you out internally on the bookkeeping front, because I find that people in the Philippines are A, very loyal, B, they speak good English as well, and C, I find that they, you know, they're very hardworking, they're trustworthy, and they, you know, they want to do a good job, they want to please, and they just have this... Um, uh, it's just some, something about them that makes it a, a great place to source high quality, loyal, trustworthy talent. So if you're not already uh, offshoring or outsourcing, certainly something to think about. Uh, most firms are doing this now. It had a bit of a, a bad rep uh, you know, 10 years ago. Well, what if clients feel that we are outsourcing? You know, what would they say? Well, does it really matter anymore? You know, in a in a in a in a day in this day and age where people can work when, where, however, you know, it doesn't really matter where you are anymore. You've got a laptop. Does it matter whether your employee is in Plymouth or in Pakistan or whether they are in, you know, Devon or um, now I'm trying to think of somewhere obscure beginning with D. <laughs> Let's think of something else. Whether in Manchester or Manila, does it really matter? Of course not. So it doesn't really matter where that person is. All the client cares about is that the job gets done. And in terms of you know IT security, that's no different from you know you having uh, somebody that's based uh, remotely here in the UK or in the US. Makes no difference whatsoever. There's uh, protocols in terms of uh, what you can put in place for protection on that front as well. So it's definitely something if you are if you are worried about it, if you've been skeptical about it, if you've been hesitant about going offshore, if you feel that oh, what will my clients think? Your clients don't care. Your clients just care that they get a good service from you, that you're there when you need them, that you do things on time, that you turn around things quickly, and that you are proactive. That's what they care about. They don't care who does the work. They don't care what happens in the background. So long as the work gets done and you are there helping them when they need you, that is what they care about. 
So I certainly recommend check out the Philippines option if you're looking for bookkeepers, if you're looking for more ad hoc type support, if you're struggling to get your year-end accounts, for example, done, if you're struggling to get your payrolls on or you don't have the expertise in-house, maybe it's just you doing them, certainly consider outsourcing your payroll and there are quite a few providers even within my um, uh, the Profitable Accounts community or if you're in our free Facebook group you can put a post out in there. There are several uh, accountants in there that also provide payroll solutions for accountants so feel free to reach out to them or put a post in and um, I'm sure other people will recommend who they use. There are lots of providers out there. Again, best way to uh, find out uh, which ones to go with, which ones to explore. If you're not going to go down the direct route, is to ask other accountants who they're using and seek a recommendation from them. So if you're in the pack, the Profitable Accountants community, you can ask in our WhatsApp group. You can ask in the weekly lunch and learns with members. I know that's a regular point of conversation and discussion that goes on. If you're not, if you're in our free Facebook group, then you can ask in there as well. And I'm sure many of the accountants in there will oblige that are using it. But otherwise, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know on LinkedIn. Are you using outsourcing? Are you using offshoring? How are you finding it? Have you got burned to the past? Perhaps that's put you off. Let me know. But hopefully, uh, if you have, you might want to give it a, a go again because it's becoming harder than ever to recruit in the UK. In terms of do I do I foresee a, a situation where we will have a complete offshore team? Absolutely not. I still believe that there is a place, of course, for uh, our team to be based in the UK and certainly. Um, uh, in terms of my vision, I see all our kind of high-level client managers being in the UK. So the client managers that have that responsibility to manage clients, to oversee, to hold that client relationship, I feel, you know, need to be in the UK or at least have English as the as the first language to be able to kind of understand, communicate, be on the same level, provide, you know, be uh, understand the tax system etc which all helps if you are uh, native to the UK understand the UK tax system etc so I still believe that our client managers will all be based in the UK but in terms of building out the kind of the back office team the bookkeepers the people that are actually you know doing the work in the background then definitely outsourcing and offshoring has a role to play and I can see that as as we progress and as we grow we'll just be adding and probably we'll probably add more offshore team members before we have to add client managers because the offshore team members will just take away more and more of the of the doing work from the client managers once the client managers feel that they have someone that they can rely upon that uh, that can support them because you might have this I get this a lot with my client managers you know they're they're a bit like you know us well you know thankfully I've moved on from that but perhaps you know you are very controlling of what you do you don't want to delegate things out because you don't feel anyone will do it as well as you do or do it as quick as you do well my client managers are like that you know they feel they can just get it done quicker so what's the point of delegating out to somebody else but actually once they see that this model is working once they see that how much help that they have got once they see that how they can take so much off their plate by getting some an offshore team member involved and we've seen that so other we had uh, basically I got one offshore team member to support one of my client managers and that's gone really well so the other client managers are now saying hmm actually oh, okay well it's worked for him then maybe it'll work for us so just helping them again giving them that confidence and that mindset to say yep definitely look it's working and it can definitely help you as well so you're not feeling so stressed and overwhelmed and you don't have to do all the bookkeeping you can have somebody support you you can still keep an eye in but you know you can you 
basically have access and you have control over what this person does so you can guide them you can show them your way of doing things they will follow your processes and essentially give them you know access to a junior or not not a junior even but a you know a seasoned and experienced bookkeeper under them to support the delivery to clients so hopefully that's helped give you some food for thought i'd love to know what you're doing send me a note on linkedin if you haven't already i really appreciate it. it would help me a lot if you could rate and review this podcast on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to this it would be much appreciated take care have a great rest of the weekend and i'll speak to you soon bye for now thank you for listening If you want to spend more time together, get access to me personally for your questions, access to resources and training that will help you to shortcut your progress together with being part of an incredible community of accountants or helping each other, then come and join the pack, the Profitable Accountants Community. There's a hundred plus accountants that I mentor and they help each other to get results faster than trying to do it alone. Go to reshooter.com forward slash mentoring to learn more or message me directly on LinkedIn. Take care.